The Florida Gators offensive line is finally getting healthier. The defensive backfield could be getting figured out. We're going to talk about that here on Locked on Gators. You are Locked on Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giant Century, NFL 33. But now joining me as he does every Friday, Brandon Carroll. Before I do that, though, I am going to say, if you have not yet signed up for Florida Victorious, Please do so if you want to contribute to recruiting. And, and my point is, if you don't contribute to Florida Victorious, you're not allowed to complain about anything. That's the new rule. If you want to save 20% with your first month, use promo code LOCKED and you will save 20% with your first month with Florida Victorious. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Brandon Carroll of All Gators and Carroll's Cadence and also had DJ Lagway on earlier this week. So be sure to check that out. 30, 32 minutes? It was like 31.55. With yeah. DJ Lagway, which is incredible. I, I've never seen anybody get him for more than like 15, 20. So great job there. Um, but we're, we're talking 2023 Gators today, guys, guys who are here now. And we're starting with the offensive line because, I mean, a ton of just turnover at the position from 2022 to 2023, only returning full-time starters, Kingsley Aguacan. And then you have Austin Barber, who was like a, a semi-starter that rotated a lot last year. And, He's coming back, and then you're just replacing everybody else from that point. And then, you know, injuries piled up. Like you lost Osiris Torrance to the draft. You replaced him in the you replaced him in the portal with Micah Mazuka. And then he got hurt. And and it was like a, a whole thing now. And he is back at practice now. They're finally looking healthier. How comfortable are you just with this offensive line unit at this point in the game? I think there's still a lot of meshing to do just because like you said there's been so much turnover so much and then injury on top of that turnover from last season uh Kingsley and Austin Barber are the two that have kind of stayed in place on this offensive line because Barber towards the end of the season was starting at left tackle and he's going to continue doing that this year he's going to be their book in tackle uh arguably the best offensive lineman on the field for Florida when they step on the field but just getting a guy like Micah back in, in, in a position where now he can fill in that. So one thing I will say is it's looking as if Micah could be filling that right guard spot. Previously, it was thought that he would be at left guard because that's where he played at Baylor. That's where they had him in the spring. But he's filling that right guard spot. So now it's really just Richie Leonard at left guard who has went from full participant to he has a black jersey on now, which means no contact. So that's concerning. Another injury. Um, and then obviously Lindell Hudson and Damian George are battling for that right tackle spot. So there's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of changing still being done right now. And so I can't really put up my finger on how confident I am of, for this unit going into 2023, just because we haven't really seen what this unit looks like in the spring. We saw very limited portion of what it could look like because Kingsley Egwakun was not in the game. He did not perform in the spring game. He was dealing with an injury of his own, had uh, Roderick Kearney in there as their 
starting center. Obviously, there were some ups and downs there for the freshmen, but you just don't – we haven't seen this unit completely together yet, and so I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, I can see, you know, this this unit being, you know, just as good as the one last year, just slightly below the what they were last year, just because it's hard to get a gauge when these five guys have not competed together yet because they haven't had the opportunity to. But in the next few weeks, Linda Hudson is, you know, returning from concussion protocol here soon um, after suffering one in a car accident. Uh, you got Richie Leonard, who will probably be on his way back. And so they'll get that meshing opportunity for 20 days, you know, 15 days. So just because of that, I'm not going to say I'm overly confident that it's going to perform well. But I do think it's a unit that as the season rolls on will be will suffice in a, in a way that allows Florida's rushing attack, which is what it's going to want to do to take over and be the you know shining star of this offense. Yeah, I'm interested in in Micah going to right guard because at, at, from this point he is only taking snaps at left guard along the offensive line. So I'm interested to see how that's really going to work because it's not look you and I know it's not Madden. You can't just be like oh just like flip the side and, and there's no difference there. There's obviously a difference in how things operate. But I think I'm just the type where I I know the Florida Gators fan base. Quite a few people aren't big fans of couple of the offensive line coaches. I am a huge fan of Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton. So I'm, I'm just like, even if I want to question things, I'm like, I know they're good at it. Like, I, I just like, I can't fully go out there and go, oh yeah, like they should do this instead. That's just a very difficult thing for me to do because they've proven time and time again, they're pretty good offensive line coaches. So I think for me, it's like, it's going to be interesting, but they're better at evaluating than I am, especially along the offensive line. So we'll see, I guess. Yeah. I think they're both really good coaches. I mean, you can, you can have some gripes with them on the recruiting trail, you know, and then you can also have some gripes about them not plugging in a piece like Austin Barber when he was clearly one of the best tackles, you know, you want to put your best players on the field. And last year he deserved to be on the field. They started doing it later in the season, but there was just that rotation, which I also enjoy or just like think is a smart thing to do. Incorporating young pieces, building for the future, not have, not being stuck to just five offensive linemen because we know how successful Florida's offensive line was last year. And they did that with rotating seven pieces in there. Obviously Richie Leonard got some snaps. Austin Barber got the most of a uh, reserve. So I think we see similar to that this year with, some guys that might not be in that starting lineup, but are young and kind of working their way into the rotation. Uh, a guy like Najee Harris, who's been, you know, the talk of camp um, and, and some other pieces as well out on the, you know, potentially at tackle if depending on which one wins between Linda Hudson and Damian George. So I think there's a lot of mixing and matching they can do, but like you said, very good coaches. Uh, there's not really much I'm going to question um, from, you know, there, maybe it's a Mazuka moving from left guard to right guard. I'm not going to sit here and question that. I do think it's easier for an interior lineman to move from right to or left to right or vice versa, because, you know, it's not like it's a complete different kick step, um, you know, that you have to have a, a tackle. So I'm not going to say it's not an, an easy transition by any means, but it is a doable one. It's a plausible transition for, a guy as talented as Micah is. And that kind of gives Florida a key piece on both sides of the offensive line, Barbara at left tackle, and then Mazuka at right guard to balance out that O-line 
um, to potentially kind of replicate a lot of what they did last year because uh, Mazuka is their Saibo replacement. They've said it once. They'll say it again. He is the guy that they thought in this portal was the closest thing to Osiris Torrance. So put him in Osiris's spot and let him work. That's kind of where I'm sitting uh, when it comes to the movement of him. Yeah, I mean, last year, Osiris Torrance was the top-rated guard on pro football focus, or not even like just overall grade. They had like a list that came out, and it was like the top guards. And it was Osiris Torrance, and then it was Mike Mazuka, and it was just like, okay, well, replacing the best with the best returning. So, so it's really hard to complain there. I, I do love the rotating offensive line. Cause I feel like every year we look at freshmen that are now being thrust into a starting spot. And it's just like, uh, the, the experience is a concern there. And the only way to get experience is by playing football. So rotating them in is something I, I do very much enjoy. Um, before we talk about corner, I'm going to quickly just, just tell you that I tried playing offensive line one time. Um, Granted, yes, small. I'm 5'11". When I played, I was like 185. And I just, it was a whole thing. But I ended up stepping into offensive line for two snaps. The right guard one, I cannot say on camera because it's very inappropriate what happened there. But left tackle, I went and they called a pass play. And I told them not to call a pass play. My QB has never been hit that quick. Um, I just, I, I don't, I didn't know how to do it. I just did it because we needed someone there. Um, so just poor Antoine just got demolished in the backfield. So it sucks for him, but whatever. I tried my best, but I got, I was, I was also very little and I was playing pop Warner and I was over under. So I was like 85 pounds, like right at the, I was at the minimum weight that you had to be to play in this you know league for my age. And they decided to put me at nose tackle. Just like, all right, just get after it. So I just, you know, right off the snap, I was just going to them off time. And I was like, yeah, this, I don't belong down here. Y'all need to put me back out at cornerback or like, I really flip me to the offensive side of the ball. Cause that's where I, I was off. Like I was not a defender. I could not do it, but you put me at quarterback, put me at wide receiver. I can make some shake, but yeah, that was crazy. That was a wild experience playing nose guard for those three plays. I think I got pancake twice. <laughs> it was, it was rough. It was really rough. I, I think we have opposite mindsets. Like I didn't want to play offense. I wanted to play defense. I was like, just I've always been an offensive guy. I had always. one, I had one like practice play where I was like doing like just receiver stuff. Um, when we had like scout defense, I was like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll rotate in at receiver. And I ran deep, caught the ball, like one head, but I couldn't see anything. It was pure luck. Like I, I could not see the ball. Pure luck just reached my hand out and it just hit and I pulled it in and, uh, my offensive coordinator was like, oh, we're going to play your receiver a bit. And I was like, no, you're not. Like, I was just, just like, no, I'm, I can't replicate that. That was pure luck. And I'm not even going to attempt to do it again. We're not doing that. Um, it's as simple as that. We're also halfway through the season. So I'm, I'm not going to be able to yeah. learn to play at that point. But it was just like complete luck. And everybody thought I was awesome for it. And I, I let them believe it. But it was complete luck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have no problem admitting that on camera here but um back to florida gators because yeah this this is locked on gators um for a championship team it's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit it's the same when it comes to your vehicle every part needs to fit just right so the next time that you need parts and accessories head to ebay motors with ebay guaranteed fit you can be sure to check every part and make sure that it all fits right just add your ride to my garage Look for the green check to know the part will fit or you get your money back because just like in sports, 
Confidence is the name of the game when you shop with eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back at the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Gator Nation, let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items apply. Exclusions apply. Corner two is an open spot. I mean, last year you had Jaden Hill, or you started with Avery Helm, and then when Jaden Hill got cleared and he was full go, he stepped into the spot. Now he is going to play star, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But what's your feel for corner two right now? Because we know they're going to rotate corners. That, that's the thing that they're going to do. But who do you think it is that starts there opposite Jason Marshall Jr. versus Utah? Well, there's a competition right now between Devin Moore and Jalen Kimber. Those are the two vying for that spot. If Devin Moore is healthy, 100%, he is your starter. And I don't really think that there, it's a big question right now. Devin Moore is the future of Florida's secondary cornerback room. He is. He is the guy to step up next year when Jason Marshall is no longer in tow. He's no longer on the roster because he's moved on to the NFL. He's, you know, the next guy. And because of that, they are going to play him as if he's the next guy. And But we also look and we say, okay, this guy's been often injured. You have Jalen Kimber, who's finally healthy for the first time in his career, who looks as if he can perform in a role that suggests cornerback two snaps. So I think it's really going to be um, – it could honestly be a game by game basis throughout the beginning of the season, just to see if Devin Moore can stay healthy and also just kind of see what Kimber has as a starter. But I don't really, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's truly a competition because this staff is so high on Moore. They think that, like I said, he's the future at this spot. So it's hard not to put a guy like that on the field. You want, you want to field your best 11 at all times and Devin Moore is one of your best 11 on defense, especially at corner. He's he's one of your best two. So it's so difficult to, like, pin down which one is going to, you know, I I, I, I don't want to say difficult because it's not. We know it's Devin Moore, but I, I want to say it's difficult because Kimber is, very, is still very good. I think Kimber is underrated because of the injuries that he suffered. You know, the, people will go back to the catch made over top of him against, you know, Kentucky – and say like, oh, he's, he was right in position. He just couldn't get the ball away. He had a club on his hand. He had broken his hand not too long ago. So it was little things like that that he had to deal with throughout the year. And now he's finally healthy. He's finally in a position where he can take that step forward. So you got really four guys in this cornerback rotation this year in Jason Marshall Jr., Devin Moore, Jalen Kimber, and Jakeem Jackson, who are going to rotate in this defense. So four dudes that are very talented, very good football players, but Jalen – Marshall, or Jason Marshall Jr. and Devin Moore are your two that go out there week one against Utah. I, I like that you mentioned that play against Kentucky with Jalen Kimber just because, first of all, it sucked to see when it happened. <laughs> but I also know, I, I remember talking with someone about that play specifically, and it's like Jalen Kimber wasn't supposed to be the only guy back there at, at the mm -hmm. time. So I, I hate using that play. I, like, I hate when people use that play against him because not only did he have a club on his hand, he was never supposed to be in that position on his own when it happened. So I, I do like that you brought that play up specifically because I hate when people bring it up as 
he can't make a play, especially because he did have a pick. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, it was a pick six too with the club on his hand against South Florida. Yep. Yep. He, uh, and the thing about that play against Kentucky is it's not like he was not in position. He was draped all over. him. He just didn't have the off hand to go up and swat the ball away. He had the club that he had to try to, you know what I mean? So it's like, you don't necessarily knock him for that because he was in great position. Like you said, he didn't have safety help over the top that he was supposed to have. And I think because he's now healthy, he now can use his other arm. He has an off arm to swat a ball away. It just progresses him even further. I I, I really have high expectations for Kimber this season. Uh, just now that he's a hundred percent, he's ready to go. And he knows that it's a, this is not a week one battle. Devin Moore does not lock down this spot in week one. This is a, a year-long battle that if Kimber can elevate himself to a level that shows that he deserves to be on the field, they will put him on the field at a consistent rate, which he's still going to play a lot. But th- this these two will be going at it all year long, and it's only going to make Devin Moore better, and it's only going to make Jalen Kimber better. So it's, you know, I, I'm it's a weird dynamic in terms of it's this, this CB2 competition – we could be talking about it again in October. You know, this is not a week one conversation. This is a week one through week 12 conversation. And then potentially even a bowl game conversation because there's so much that can go into playing the cornerback position. There's so much attrition that can happen. These two are your CB2s all year long, but it'll be a fun competition to watch unfold throughout the year. How many, you know, who, who gets the edge each game, each week, everything like that. Yeah, I feel like also just the addition of Austin Armstrong as defensive coordinator helps because, like, look again, I have no problem saying I still do like Patrick Tony. Like, I'm not, I'm not a Gators person that hates him. Uh, I, I love what he can do schematically still, but I feel like Austin Armstrong's defense is just better suited because you're leaving corners out there on an island less frequently because you have that pass rusher. They might be out there one on one more frequently, but. They're not going to be out there for five seconds trying to defend anybody. There's going to be a more aggressive rush. So it's going to help them in turn just with that pass rush. And also just with with the cover three press man, like you're going to see more of them just getting to work vertically whenever there is that option. I'm looking forward to seeing both Jalen Kimber and Devin Moore. And I know that Florida Gators fans last year were like cover three, Jason Marshall. No, I don't think that that was as big a deal uh, as some fans like to make it, but looking forward to just seeing all of that improve just with this defense and how it just comes together. Yeah. Don't worry, Gators fans. Jason Marshall will be getting his fair share of press man coverage. He he will be one-on-one with the opposing team's best wide out. It's going to happen. Take a deep breath. There might be times where he drops into zone. It's fine. I promise. Maybe. Maybe. You, it, it might be fine. Who knows? No, it will It will be fine. He'll be fine. He will be fine. Because I. Because the thing about Marshall is when he plays press man early, which is what's going to happen, they're going to play press man, he gets, in, he gets comfortable. So I know he's not a necessarily a great zone cornerback, but when he's comfortable, he can play zone at a higher rate than, or at a higher level than if he's playing zone all game long. Cause he likes to, I think a big thing that we kind of forget is if they're not put in position to succeed early, it can get in their head. And I think Marshall has gotten in his head at points because he struggled last year towards the end of the season, they would play, you know, uh, they'd play a jam at the line of scrimmage first drive. And then they drop into zone the rest of the game. 
and Marshall consistently got better each and every week as the season went on. And then also he has another year with Corey Raymond under his belt. He will be fine playing in zone. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Jason Marshall is definitely someone that I'm like, all right, well, this is the year because I feel like, yeah, it was like everybody acknowledges, oh, he's incredibly talented. But last year, again, there were some issues in zone, but not nearly as bad as, as it seemed on boards and Reddit and Twitter. Like it was like, put him in cover three and I'm going to lose my mind was kind of the approach that it, it became. And that was just completely silly, but uh, last going to get many, you're not going to get many absolutes from me, Jason Marshall. I will sit here and I'll give you absolutes. Cause I think, no, I, I, I am very strongly opinionated about Jason Marshall. I think he's one of the best cornerbacks in college football. And that's not even just, you know, as a, you know, just watching Florida, that's just watching college football in general. I think that he has what it takes to be a first-round draft pick in this upcoming draft, and I think he shows that and builds on his weaknesses this year to really just be a complete package and undoubtedly the the best defender Florida has on the field at all times. And then, I mean, last year opposite him was Jaden Hill, who, again, I mean, it was Avery Helm, then Jaden Hill, and then Jaden Hill never gave that spot up opposite Jason Marshall this year. Jaden Hill is moving into the star spot, that, that nickel slot, anything you want to call it. We call it star. That's what it is. Um, but he's moving into the star spot. Trevor Johnson, who started there last year, is with Missouri now. Jadarius Perkins is returning at that star spot. And then you have a couple freshmen behind them. But it's Jaden Hill and then Jadarius Perkins, or at least the way that I view it, is, is Jaden Hill star, star one, uh, Jadarius Perkins star two. How do you feel about that spot right now? Because I know that at the time of recording this, you spent yesterday's practice watching them at the time of this release two days ago. And everybody that listens to this show knows how I feel about the spot where I'm like, Hey, I've seen Jadarius Perkins play it before. I did not like what I see and, or what I saw. And I, I know what I've seen from Jaden Hill so far, at, at least at corner two and just trying to translate that. And I'm I'm not opposed to it, but I'm not super confident in him finding you know immediate success at the position. So what's your feel for it? So I yes I did watch it um, Wednesday. I was I had an opportunity to kind of get a close look at the star group because normally they the way they separate secondary they usually mesh together either the stars with the safeties or the stars with the corners. Yesterday the stars were all by themselves, but Jaden Hill was not out there. It was Jadarius Perkins. Sharif Denson and um, one other, uh, I think it was a walk on, but you have, they're in a situation right now where I think they're still plugging pieces that don't necessarily belong at star to the star position. Obviously Jadarius Perkins was recruited out of community college as the star. Like that's what he was supposed to be underachieved expectations when he has played. Um, and, and there's a lot that, is done that kind of makes you scratch your head in terms like whenever you see him on the field. So bringing over Jaden Hill from that cornerback spot to free up room for Devin Moore and Jalen Kimber to have a year long cornerback two battle. I, I have no problem with it. I think that Hill possesses some of the traits that you need to be able to perform at star because this is the hardest position on the defense side of the football because the responsibilities that go into playing the star position are unparalleled. You have the, you know, obviously the coverage abilities, the, the coverage burden that is placed on you. So you have to perform as a cornerback. 
But then at the same time, you have to have the traits of a safety as well. You're playing two positions combined into one. This is a hybrid position because when a ball carrier is coming out to the edge, you have to be able to attack as if you're a third linebacker because in this defense, the way that it's ran by being in that, you know, they're going, they're going nickel. It's, it's a nickel defense. There's five defensive backs on the field. So you're losing a linebacker in run support. That nickel has to come down and play in run support. But then at the same time, you have to always be ready to, you know, play a, a slot, whether that be, you know, a, a Ricky Pearsall type slot or a Brock Bowers out in the slot. So you have, you're just ranging from so many different pieces that you're having to defend, having to tackle. And because of that, it makes it very difficult. So the transition for Jaden from outside to inside, I'm, I'm interested to see it just because there's a lot that goes into this position that is, cannot be replicated for, you know, just a cornerback or just a safety. You have to be both. And that's why they recruited Sharif Denson. That's why Sharif Denson is the future of this spot. I think this spot will truly be what it's supposed to be or what it was when Chauncey Gardner was playing it in 2018 when Sharif is the one that steps on the field. I think he it takes him a bit of time to get on, but I do think we'll start seeing him get snaps towards the end of the season just because I think that, like I said earlier, they're going to want to incorporate freshmen. They're going to want to incorporate those young pieces. He's one of those young pieces that they're going to need next year, the year after, et cetera. So I'm not high necessarily on Jaden Hill playing out of, the, out of the slot, out of the star position, um, but I do think that there is room for him to – uh, produce in a way that allows them to just bridge this spot because that's really what's happening right now. They're bridging it for Sharif Denson to get in in 2024. Yeah, like uh, like again, I'm I'm not like out on Jaden Hill the dude, but yeah, based yeah. On what I've seen, I'm, I'm I'm a little hesitant to go. He's he's going to be successful right away. Like that's just because again, you said it. I've said it before. Like hardest position on defense. It's it's the hardest position outside of I think QB just in the in the entire game. It's just impossible and i've said the story before like i played corner i played safety i tried playing star or slot didn't did not go well just yeah. just did i think i had more success at tackle than i did at, at star like that that's how rough it was out there just it, it's a pain to play but I, i'm looking forward to seeing sharif denson there like i know ever ever since he was getting recruited it was hey this guy's the guy at star for the future so very much looking forward to seeing him late in this year and beyond and because i feel like he could be like you said like i i'm not gonna say he's chauncey i think chauncey was elite no I, I wasn't, I wasn't that to say, yeah of course i wasn't because chauncey is so difficult to be replicated yeah the bar is so high for chauncey but we haven't seen a guy that is even close to what chauncey brought to the table in just terms of being able to play the position at such a high level since chauncey so now Sharif brings 85% of that, you can make it work. That's perfect. That's exactly what they need to reconcile, reinvigorate this position that's been kind of like an, you know, you watch it, you're like, oh, you know, Marco Wilson struggled. Travez Johnson struggled. It's a, there. there's a lot that have, has gone into this position that's just been like, dang, they've just been trying to replace Chauncey for so long now. And Sharif can, finally be that guy that brings you know like i said 85 90 of what chauncey was able to bring to the table yeah and if you could bring that congratulations you're going to be an early-ish draft pick you're probably yep. going day two if you could do that because yep 
Chauncey went like hundredth or something like that. Should have gone way. I remember that year was I, I think my first year covering the NFL draft, and I was just like, I, I think I had him like twenty second overall. I was like, he's he's so good at what he does, and they were just like hundred and I was like oh, oh great now and now I feel like a jerk and then he ended up working out so they're the jerks thanks I'm just saying saying I'm better than you at this um <laughs> thank you so much Brandon this is Brandon Carroll with all Gators and Carol's Cadence check out his new YouTube channel with an episode coming out at the time you're listening of this so Brandon thank you so much and you will be back next Friday as always absolutely thank you for having me as always Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back a little bit later today with Logan Robinson to talk about Kyle Trask potentially being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers starting quarterback this year. That's right. It's a twofer this Friday. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33, and I'll see you all soon.